0: Of S.H.I.E.L.D. collapse, but Nick Fury's on badass. He's got a plan that's groovy. Uh huh. He teased it or five movies. Much as the thought who comes to earth to get lucky. He fights her and men and cap, make it an ep fanboy fab. They're all friends by the next act. They're on their way to get lucky. They're on their way to get lucky. In Germany to get lucky. Takes five minutes to get lucky. Wasn't that hard to
1: get Hello there and welcome to a particularly sweaty episode of Stacey's Got Culture Colour. It's uh it's episode 18, guys. Imagine that happening. Joining me in the world's hottest virtual parlour, and I don't mean that in an attractive sense at all. I mean, he's attractive, but I'm just a bit sweaty mess. It's the Nuge Cake, everyone.
0: <laughs> because I, yeah. I say
1: that like everyone's going to know exactly who that is, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to explain it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to go with Ben Kenobi and go Nuge Cake, Nuge Cake. Now, there's a name I've not been called in a long time.
1: <laughs> I bet that's not true, though, because I call it you all the times.
2: Not, not to my face, though.
1: Aw, don't I? I've got to rectify that. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to Thought Bubble this year? Because I'll do that then.
2: I am going to Thought Bubble this year. I
1: am. Sweet as pie. I will actually do a proper introduction because that was really fucking rude of me. Um, Uh, Go for it. For those like crazy people that somehow don't know who Barry is, he is a podcaster extraordinaire on Little Old Geek Syndicate. You You might have heard of it. He is a writer and a comic creator and a Generally all around the same dude. Is that for an introduction?
2: I also collect stamps and uh, and I'm an ornithologist. But besides that, yeah, it was pretty spot on.
1: <laughs> an ornithologist?
2: Yeah, that was the only word that sprung to mind. I can't believe that was the only word that could spring to my mind was ornithologist.
1: I was really hoping you were going to say archaeologist because that's cool.
2: Yeah, and that actually would have made a, l- a hell of a lot more sense. Why
1: could you do something involving archaeology normally (laughs) yeah
2: okay this is gonna be this is gonna be a long podcast isn't it
1: probably yeah sorry i apologize in advance it happens like every episode people are like yeah half an hour yeah and then three hours later we're like yeah
2: you told me i was gonna be on for 10 fucking minutes (laughs)
1: like we could ever have a conversation that only lasted 10 minutes
2: no that's true good point
1: so barry Mm mm-hmm just mentioned about your uh, awesome lottery skills. Do you want to tell people about Fallen Heroes and uh, you know when Book 2 will be out for Fox uh, <laughs> 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 oh,
2: oh, God, that question. Um, I'll do the easy one first. Fallen Heroes is a modern-day pulp adventure slash urban fantasy. It features a load of heroes and anti-heroes who have to sort of come together and try not to kill each other to... Um, stop a medieval cult that's existed since the first crusade from effectively changing the world from ever, changing the world forever and there's lots of action lots of suspense lots of everything it's a very multi-genre book i say multi um multi-ethnic book but no i meant multi-genre book but it is kind of multi-ethnic
1: also.
2: it is it is it is, <laughs> multi, it is a very diverse book as well yes this is true just reflecting the world in which we live as opposed to me trying to make some sort of point but um so, yeah, that's been out for quite a while now, as people keep reminding me. <laughs> a billion uh, years, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I am working on the second book, as we, not as I speak. Um, I was working on it today, though. Um, which is called Forgotten Warriors, which is quite apt. See that most people seem to have forgotten about the sequel because it's been such a long time. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it will be out this year.
1: Holy mother
2: of hell. I say fingers crossed because I did say that last year. And probably the year before that. I'll, uh, I'll
1: let you off because you're so pretty. But you know, thank you. If you, could, if you could just, like, you know, maybe pull it up just a tad.
2: And yeah. if, I, if I wasn't, if I didn't have the looks, I would have been beaten to a pulp by now, I'm sure, by an angry reader. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> my nan. <laughs> yeah. We, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Stacey's nan. You no,
1: know, she read it. She read it again last month. Did she? She's run out of books, so she read it again. I was oh. like Nan, Nan, I'll buy you a book, fucking hell. I'll buy her a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, um, well, well, tell her, tell her. Hopefully, she won't have to wait. Now, don't tell her that, because then, then it's like making promises I might not be able to keep. <laughs>
1: I'll just, uh, I'll just pretend I don't know you until the second book comes out. And i will yes. hey, Nan, look what I've got. Yes. And it'll be fine.
2: But the story is written. I'm just I'm on I'm on my, my third draft at the moment. Hopefully, um, this will be the draft the well be the third and final draft before it then gets into the hands of test readers and editing and all that sort of malarkey. So you know it is it is close to being finished.
1: That's good to know. Do you know what? Um, I just realised that like listeners may be vaguely interested in is uh, if you want to blame anyone for my you know podcasting career. Barry is one of the people that you can blame. Back in the back in my heavy days of uh, early nerdism, it was Geek Syndicate that, that slapped me on a podcast for the first time and created this monster.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do feel a little bit like Dr Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> what have I done?
2: I know. Uh, not a day doesn't go by where I don't think that...
1: <laughs> no! <laughs> Damn you. Why? My creation. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you want to um, send any hate mail uh, anyone's way, send it to me. <laughs>
2: I yeah. It. yeah, I'm on Twitter, Geek Syndicate. I get plenty of hate mail, so I send it along. Mondays aren't very good because I get quite a lot of hate mail on there. So if you could spread it out sort of Tuesday, Thursday, that'd be lovely.
1: <laughs> that's, that's really sad. Su- I don't like the idea that you receive hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, so,
2: from, that's, lovely. From, that's from
1: Dave. <laughs> from Dave or for Dave.
2: That's from Dave. Dave masquerades about, as about 15 different people that he just says we run really a hate mail just to kind of keep me on an even keel. Uh,
1: okay. Is it to stop your head swelling too much?
2: Supposedly so, which seems rather ironic coming from Dave.
1: <laughs> anyway, before this is into uh, <laughs> some sort of horrendous <laughs> podcast cat catfight, mm-hmm. um, because I'm so kind, I'll let you begin to ramble away about culture.
2: So I'm supposed to now just talk about something, right? I
1: mean, anything? That anything? The umbrella, the umbrella of pop culture is so huge that like.
2: Okay. What? Oh. Have... Right. What have I? What have I? Uh, what have I watched this week or done?
1: Okay. Good start.
2: <laughs> you've already. You've already um, I was trying to think of a film I saw after *Man of Steel*, but I think *Man of Steel* was the last film that I saw, which um, you've already talked about, haven't you?
1: I have.
2: Did you love it as much as I did? I really. I have. I have to say, I had zero interest in this film until I saw one trailer. I think it was quite a long trailer just before it sort of came out. And literally, after I picked my jaw up, I thought I have to see this film at the cinema. <laughs> and I was all set to to kind of ah uh, watch it on DVD or whatever. Um, and I was so glad I sort of went to see it on the big screen. And I um. I really, really enjoyed it. And maybe it's because I didn't have expect- the same level of expectations that I had when I went in to see Superman Returns. And I did think I'll get, me, I'll get me a little negative out of the way. It's only one, to be honest. I did think that actually it kind of reached a point where I thought, really, they should have ended it there. So you've seen it, haven't you? I have,
1: yeah. And I spoiled it to boogery on the last
2: episode. So feel ah, that's all right. <laughs> that was the way you spoil a free book. The, the bit where they kind of send sort of Zod ship sort of back into the Phantom Zone.
1: Yeah.
2: That bit. I, up until there, I just thought this. I loved this film, really enjoying it. It's all on the line. Love the fact that humans were a little bit in control of their own destiny, not just sitting about waiting for Superman to save the day. I thought it was great. Everything after that, don't get me wrong, it was good, this sort of Zod fight and all that. But I just felt that you you almost didn't need it. It was a little bit too much.
1: Did you think that it seemed weird that after a fight that literally leveled basically all of Metropolis, Superman was so bothered about saving that very small family of four?
2: Well, you see, this is is the argument, because, you know, there's so many other films that you could kind of, I could sort of say... You know, and sort of no one really kicks up about those films. But I'm sure they had a huge body count, just as huge as, I'm assuming, Man of Steel. Well, obviously, in my own little world, I just assume everyone got out safely. <laughs> <laughs> and, it was all, and Metropolis was completely deserted, and that's why Superman just didn't give a shit about kicking God's ass. But at the same time, I don't know if they've, they've planned to do this or not. I think they could very well build on that wanton destruction in the second film. I also very much saw it as Superman Begins. So you've Mm -hmm. got a character who has all these powers and stuff, and let's be honest, who has never actually had to cut loose against anyone who's got the same power set as him. Mm -hmm. So to a certain extent, he probably just got a bit carried away and got a bit angry with a bloke. And and he was trying to kill him. I mean, there's only so much, you know, that you could kind of do with it. I I think the problem is is, it's the complete opposite to what happened in Superman 2, where effectively Superman went, hang on a minute, loads of people are going to get killed, I'm going to bugger off to the North Pole in the hopes that you'll follow me.
1: Yeah, I but, think the people need to remember that, because, like, I found it a bit annoying at first, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, it makes sense in the sense that this is a world that until, like, the day before did not know that Clark existed or that, you know, Krypton existed or any of this products. So mm-hmm. if he were to catch Lodge, where the fuck would you put him that he would be safe? How would yeah. you how would you detain a guy with that skill set? And then um, Steve and I spoke last episode about how we reckon it's a really good groundwork for um, Lex Luthor to come into the whole storyline as almost like the, the sort of wealthy benefactor who helps to rebuild Metropolis. So yeah. it, So he can come off to the public as a, as a fairly like you know stand up guy whilst trying to you know murder the face off his of suits. Huh.
2: But also as well, I think, because I remember reading the comic which is called I think it was just called Lex Luthor. And it was all from Lex Luthor's perspective. And I think when they when Lex Luthor is kind of at his best, you almost kind of can see his point of view. Yeah. And I think that if they if they do it right, you could be a little bit split with him because, you know, at the end of the day, and this is what I was sitting thinking about when I came out of the film I wasn't even thinking about all the collateral damage and stuff that didn't even bother me until I got home and people started telling me and annoying me about it it was the fact that I was sitting and thinking well hold up a minute he hasn't really flown in and saved the day because he caused it all at the end of the day if he hadn't turned on the spaceship they never would have found him it, you know it's not that like yeah. they were looking for him you know they're, they're off like millions of miles away doing their own little thing and suddenly there's a flashing green like, oh what's that oh Better go and check that out, not we? Oh, hang on a minute, it's that hang on, it wasn't that, that kid you were looking for. Oh, we better get him. And he's got that codex thing, right? We'll have that as well. <laughs> so he caused the whole thing, all that wanting instruction that people were going on about, all that death and whatever. Okay, accidentally, but he did cause it. So if sort of Lex Luthor kind of got wind of that, you could kind of see why he'd be kind of against it. And actually, you know he did bring them to that planet. So I, I, I think there's a if they go with it the right way, I think that Man of Steel 2 could kind of tackle some of them questions, I reckon.
1: I think that's one of the things I really liked about this film because a lot of people, when they think of like Superman films, think immediately we need to slap Lex Luthor in it. And I think it's a good thing to avoid in the very mm. first villain because I think you could quite easily just make him look like a lunatic because why yeah. would he sort of see Superman once and be like, well, clearly I have to kill him. He's obviously bad news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, um, well, what's he actually done to piss you off so bad, mate? Like, fucking hell, they're saving kittens from trees and shit, and you're just being a douche. Yeah. Whereas this way, they can build him up to sort of be like, oh, well, you know, look at all this destruction and all this, like, hardship and bollocks we've got to go through now because of this so-called Superman. Yeah. Um, here's some millions to rebuild the city from my pocket and make him look like a total, like, you know, badass saving-the-day hero, which yeah. is, I think, a really good way to go with him. That's how I'd do it, but I don't.
2: And do you know the bit at the end where, because I got a bit confused, right? Did Zod actually kill that family before Superman killed him?
1: I don't think so. But I don't I, think he did. Don't you think breaking somebody's neck is a really bad way to stop them from, like, eye-lasering a family? Because you've got no fucking control over what their eyes are doing in that period where you're turning their head, but they're not dead yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I kind of thought, actually, everyone was kind of saying, I don't know why he was getting so upset about one death, but it was. But that, I was, mean,
1: that was the only one he could really control. If that exactly. Makes sense. Like, when Zod picks you up and throws you through an office block, not a fat lot you can do to stop yourself smashing the shit right through it. Whereas... You know, if he's there... It's basically like somebody holding someone at gunpoint, isn't it? You could yeah. could do something about that. Not that yeah. I recommend it. It's fucking terrifying. But...
2: And also, there was a lot of other things going on because, you know, at the end of the day, he was the last person from his own sort of planet as well and effectively kill him. And he is, like, really on his own.
0: Mm.
2: And, you know, there's a difference between causing death and destruction by accident and, you know effectively killing someone with your bare hands. It's a lot, of, it has a world of difference. And I, I wonder again, if they'll build on that. And the second one, and that's almost like why right from here on, you know, I, I'm never going to kill. Cause now I've seen, you know, I've, I felt that I don't want to feel that again. So I'm not going to put myself in that position. Maybe. Or maybe they just thought it was a bit cool to have him break his neck. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I
1: really enjoyed it though. I think everybody should stop me saying, I mean, there was the, the ridiculous park ending, but other than that, you know, cool. What did he do to Parkent in that film? Like At one point, he essentially tells Clark to watch a bunch of people die to hide his powers. It's like, um, that's not saying very very Parkent, but oh well.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, there was a, yeah. I remember seeing that in the trailer and thinking, oh, they probably just edited that in a particular way. He won't really say it in the film. Oh, yeah, he did. That's a bit dark. <laughs>
1: <Don't> <laughs> wow. Like, no, Clark, people can't know that there are aliens, so just watch all these children get Murdered. I thought, <laughs> like, oh fucking hell!
2: Thanks, I mean, to dad. be fair, he, I mean, to be fair, he did say maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: we didn't say it for Death That's fine.
2: Maybe let him die. Yeah. It's a good film, man.
1: People should
2: yeah. stop hanging on it. Yeah, it was. I, I did. I thought it was a really good film.
1: Rich said it was the best Superman film he's seen, and he hates Superman. So
2: I, I just thought, I thought what was really good about it as well was that um. And this is just my opinion, but I I thought they'd created a world in which you could slip in um, Nolan's Batman.
1: Yeah, I thought the same. Rich reckons he spotted a Wayne Industries logo somewhere in
2: that. Place. Yeah, there, there was. And it was um, it was a Wayne satellite apparently that got sort of destroyed. Um, ah, okay. if you sort of, If you go online, you can see supposedly it's a Wayne, and they and I think they kind of said that. I think they kind of confirmed that it was as well. But I did feel maybe that was why they did have him kill him. I don't know. But um, they very much, I think, created a kind of world, a, a world where I believe that you could also have Nolan's version of Batman in there as well. And and you've set up why they would have a bit of a issue with each other. Because I think Batman would probably a similar thought process to Lex Luthor with basically you've turned up and you've screwed it up for the rest of us. What's so good about you type thing.
1: Mm-hmm. This, the, it- like opens up so many questions for the potential Justice League film, though.
0: Because
1: mm. it's like, are you setting this world up to make a Justice League? In which case, who the fuck is going to be Batman? <laughs> well, yeah. and, if, and if not, then like, where is the build up going to be to make that film? Because they are going to make it. Aren't they? I'm not making that shit up.
2: Well, they're still talking about. It. I think that, I think the the problem is is that, and I said I said this to a few people, is that because of what Marvel's done and it's been a success. Everyone's just gone. Well, that's the template, isn't it? If if you're gonna do a team movie, then you've got to have four, or five. You know, you've got to introduce each one of them with their own film, a little bit of an Easter egg. Then you have the big film which has them all in. Job done. And I don't think that's the case. I just think that was where Marvel went, and it worked brilliantly. But that doesn't mean that DC has to do that. You know, they could just do. They could go straight to a Justice League movie, so long as you do it in a way so you introduce those characters. And I think.
1: I think they could do that. It'd be difficult to introduce so many at once. Though. Nah. <laughs> Six-hour <Nah>. film. <laughs> nah, I
0: don't.
2: I don't think so. To be honest, especially if, if you made that first film literally a recruitment drive, a little bit like the Avengers was, because at the end of the day, the Avengers were still supposed to be standalone. I know people that hadn't seen any of the other films. You went and saw the Avengers and still enjoyed it, and knew nothing about the other films. So, if you follow that same train of thought, everyone knows who Superman and Batman is. I don't care. Everyone knows who they are, so you don't need to worry about them, too. And you could literally have, there's a massive threat, it's come from wherever, not Zod, because he have snapped his neck, but, you know, some other, some other big threat that Batman can't deal with alone, or Superman can't deal with, he gets Batman, Batman says, right, I know these other heroes we can get, they go around the world getting these other people, you get a little 10 minute exposition of who they are, like they've got to go to Themyscira or somewhere to get Wonder Woman, or however they bring her in, and all this sort of stuff. And then it's job done. First half of the movie is them travelling around the world, picking up the heroes, getting a little bit of the origin stuff, second half is them kicking ass, I could write that in two pages.
1: <laughs> to be fair, that does sound a good film.
2: To, to be fair, I have been drinking wine, so it might actually be a little bit more than two pages once I it. I was going
1: to say, that would be a pretty short film. But, um...
2: <laughs> <laughs> There'd just be lots of job done.
1: <laughs> yeah. A load of Batman just pointing at a hero and going, job done. Job done. <laughs> Flash, job done. done. Actually, I quite, quite like that as an idea. It's good, that is. I like it because... Oh. I think the problem is, like you say, with it, with it working so well for Marvel. I think a lot of people would struggle to divorce the Man of Steel and the Batman trilogy from a Justice League movie, if there ever was one. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be difficult as well because you just know that all the ladies of the world will be going, "Where's Wonder Woman solo movie?" and having a hissy fit. When I'm like, "Dudes, I don't think I want to see one."
2: Oh, <laughs> have, you, have you seen the um, the Wonder Woman fan film that's come out this week? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to. It's on the the Geek Syndicate website. Geek Syndicate is a... No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Um, No, it's on... I stuck it up on the website last night. And basically, it's done really well because I've just spoiled it. But for most of the film, you don't know it's Wonder Woman.
1: Oh, okay. She's,
2: She's just dressed in normal clothes. She's out on a date. Things kind of kick off. She obviously kicks off more. Um. Did something happens at the end, and I won't spoil that bit of it. And you suddenly go, "Oh
1: fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. I'm um, to check
2: and I watched it, and I thought, "Job done. That's, that, that, that's how you do it." You know, it was done. It was done really, really well. And that's a fan film. You know, really Sometimes. good fights.
1: Don't you think sometimes fan films are just, like, better than what... I know. <laughs> there's um, there's a Casey Jones fan film out there on YouTube, and that is absolutely amazing. I would watch the shit out of a full-length version of that, I tell you.
2: Well, sometimes it just it goes to show when you sort of take the studios out of the equation sometimes, and you've just got... And it's not even like, you know, that they're... they're You know, big time fans, but you just got really, really creative people who aren't necessarily bogged down by the red tape that does come with working in Hollywood and able to do the sort of film that they want to do.
1: I wish I was creative. Me too. Had a video camera. (laughs) 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 That usually helps.
2: Yeah, I'm still trying to get my 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 Blade my Blade fan film off the ground starring me.
1: Oh, Uh, I watched that.
2: Yeah. I just made that up.
1: I think, you should, I think you
2: should make it. I've got as far as me staking a vampire. standing over his ashes and going, job done.
1: <laughs> I think I've got the title for this episode. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. I'm going to move it on, because I realise that, like, you know, I haven't got you for, you know, a ease. years. <laughs> um, oh, taking other calls, are we?
2: No, I think Sue will get to that. But this gives me an opportune moment to say... Okay, thanks, love. <laughs> Did you hear that sound? The funny, the, the sort of real ringing sound?
1: Yeah.
2: That was my um, fully working TARDIS phone.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah. I will I'll, I'll snap a shot and send it to you. Yeah, it's a fully working... The light flashes at the top and everything, and I can talk when it's, it's great. Sue, it was Sue's moving in present when we moved into our new house. Oh,
1: Rich never bought me a present. He just ordered uh, a piece. Is that not uh... right? <laughs>
2: He was streamlining his present buying. I like it.
1: (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, keeping it on the the old film path, uh, I went to see Pacific Rim on Sunday. And I've got to be really careful now because I know I'm going to get really overexcited and want to talk about all sorts of stuff and then just basically ruin it for everyone. And I really don't want to ruin it for everyone because it's fucking brilliant. (laughs) It's like, oh. I think this might be the closest to a perfect film for me that I've ever seen because I walked out of the cinema and I had literally zero complaints. and really? And even after thinking about it... Because I walked out of the cinema thinking the same when I saw Dark Knight Rises, but mm-hmm. then like three or four days later, I was like, mm, well, yeah, actually, there was that bit. And, mm, it could have done with being like 20 minutes short. And, mm, oh, well, you know. Uh. But this... Well, like, can I
2: ask a question quick before you carry on? Yeah, go on. Do you think that that's because you've heard other people's comments on the film? Because I know that's what happens to me sometimes.
1: Yeah, sometimes. There are a lot of things that I don't notice because I'm too busy being totes engrossed in the film. And it's only when other people point it out to me that I think, oh, yeah, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, it happened a fair bit with Man of Steel, but luckily I thought the rest of the film was so fucking totally brilliant that, like, everybody's naysaying didn't sort of put me off. But, like, Pacific Rim, it's been, like, what, nearly... In like four days since i saw it and i still have i still can't think of one bit that i didn't like right. right um like somebody on the internet tried to argue with me the other day and i felt really bad because i don't even know this guy it was <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were like posting on a mutual friend's facebook status because he was sad that he had not he wasn't gonna see it last night and then and he was trying to argue with me that like uh it's a, it's a fucking stupid idea because if like massive fucking monsters Ugh. started coming out of the ground, why would your first response be, I'll build a robot? And I was like, well, A, it's not the first response. They try other shit, it doesn't work. And B, <laughs>
2: well, we've tried all the other shit we could do. Let's build a robot. Okay, a robot. Done that shit.
1: let's It'll build be... a robot. Exactly. Um, and, and B, right, suspended disbelief for a bit because this film is fucking cool. Alright, if this film was giant robots appear and we nuke them and they're dead, it'd be like 10 minutes long and boring as balls. But this film has robots punching monsters in the face. It is totally fucking tits. I am ridiculously obsessed with how amazing this film is. It's like, for me, it's like a cheesy 80s film, but at the same time with like awesome direction awesome looking like all the cgi looks amazing it's like a it's like a ridiculous 80s popcorn flick, but like with today's technology and oh, okay. i bloody love it it is so so good like that you know there are the, the odd cliches here and there and there's a couple of like dodgy accents like there's a bloke who's trying to be australian and you can tell ain't australian <laughs> but you know let's face it i can't do accents so he's already doing a better job than me yeah I, I, I literally cannot think of anything that i didn't like about this film i thought the um what was particularly pathetic though was within about a minute of the film being on i leaned over to richard went, is this soundtrack saying sound like the guy who did the iron man soundtrack to you and he just looked at me and went i fucking know so we stayed at the end to, to find out who it was and it was and i was like oh i don't know whether to be proud of that or a little bit a little bit sad at how lame I am that <laughs> I'm now starting to recognise composers.
2: I wouldn't, uh, well, given how much I love soundtracks, I'm going to say, that's not lame, that's brilliant, because I spend most films going, is that Howard Shaw? It is, isn't it? <laughs> you know, or nudging Sue and sort of going, that's James Newton Howard, you know. <laughs> and she's just looking at me and edging away. <laughs> so, what are you
1: talking about? What's the film? <laughs> that's usually what Rich is like, I
0: think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't, like, I I don't want to go too much into, like, the one thing that I will say that won't spoil it at all is that something that Rich said after the film that I think will totally make it even better when I rewatch is, like, try and imagine that Cloverfield is a prequel to this film because...
2: Uh, Oh, yeah, I know, know, yeah, I see that.
1: Yeah, the way this film works is it jumps in with, like, because the thing I like about it is that from all the trailers it kind of looks like one monster attacked and all of a sudden we've got 25 robots fully built and, and working and people are kicking the shit out of and that no there's like five minutes at the start that just sets it off. right these monsters started coming through one at a time quite big gaps in between we tried this we tried that it wasn't really working they got bigger they adapted to what we were throwing at them then we came to robots here's the start of that film and it's like Oh, and if you sort of picture Cloverfield as being like the first monster that
2: came through, mm-hmm. it, it really works. <laughs> that's a really, that's a really interesting way of looking at it, actually. Because yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew the um, what you just because someone sort of reviewed it for us, so I knew the first bit of it. I knew that it was like there were different sort of monsters coming through to begin with, and they were trying different stuff. And I quite like that idea because I, I have to admit, when I watch trailers. The impression that I—I I mean, I always—I always liked the look of it anyway. But the impression that I got was like they—they w- they were literally going to start with, with effectively just the giant, the giant robots.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you'd go, huh?
2: Yeah, which still would have been cool to be honest. Because at the end of the day, they showed me a clip of a of a robot smacking smacking a monster over the head with a with a ship or something, and I yes. just thought, you know, what's 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 not? To, I mean, I, I've got to say, I do question. I don't mind when people take the mick out of um the reality of a, a film, you know, from a com- from a comedy point of view, just to have a bit of a laugh, you know, like we did with Man of Steel. But when someone actually genuinely says to me in a serious voice, Well that wouldn't happen would it? Because oh, oh, oh. I have to kind of just stop and pause and go, dude, I just I don't even, don't go and see it, man. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not for you. This, <laughs> you
1: know? I up, this is what I ended up saying to this bloke yesterday. I was like, look, if you can't suspend your disbelief for the five minutes to accept that they tried bombs, they tried jets, they tried tanks, they tried, like, you know, nuclear weapons, it all kind of fell on its arse and we ended up destroying a fair bit of our own actual planet. If you can't suspend your disbelief for, like, the few minutes it takes to get that bit of information into your head and then accept giant, fucking amazing robots, this film make for you, my friends.
2: Well, I mean, let's be honest. If, you, <laughs> if Really, you should be suspending the disbelief to be that you see a giant monster ro- rolling out of the sea.
1: Well, this is the other thing. It's like, <laughs> so you're OK with like <laughs> an interdimensional rift in the ocean, but what you're not going to accept is that we went, hmm, really fight it from the ground at our size let's make ourselves their fucking size (laughs) that's how it would work i just like to me you know there are some films that just like you i can't suspend my disbelief because the film is so shit yeah and i I can't accept the the premise to begin with but this film is so amazing that i would pretty much forgive you any ridiculous nonsense (laughs) i really would there's like oh there's just so many great and i absolutely adore Charlie Day. I know a lot of people find him irritating. He's the guy you see really briefly in the trailer with the glasses, looking slightly frightened at something. Above him. And I adore that guy. I think he's and I think he was brilliant in this. There was a chap from Torchwood in it as well. God, he's got um, yeah. in the world, eh? Hey? He does a lot. He, he does all right for himself. I see him pop. I
2: mean, he, he, there was a show called Revenge that I watch, which is more of a sort of soap than anything. But he popped up in that, and I thought, blimey, he's, he's getting work, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's doing doing pretty well for himself, that guy. I don't know why I say I'm surprised. Like, ew, he was in Torture, and now he's, like, in films. But
2: well, I, I didn't think he was that great in Torture. That's why no, I was
1: really? yeah I was, I was actually, like, when I saw him in this, I thought, oh, here we go. He's, here's the weak link. But actually, <laughs> he's not too bad. He's not too bad. I mean, I wouldn't want to see, like, a whole film of his character. It's pretty right. awesome. bit irritating. But he him and Charlie Day play these sort of like slight comic relief scientist guys.
0: Right.
1: Um, But like a lot of people I know like weren't digging that in the sense that they thought it was stupid in you know to have comic relief in a film that is essentially just a giant fan wank (laughs) (laughs) of you know (laughs) awesomeness. Um but I I like I yeah. I just go and see it so I can talk about it more, guys. Seriously. (laughs) <laughs> whoever's on my show next month you better fucking see it awesome.
0: it may
2: well be me if I've seen it
1: <laughs> oh B I can't imagine a reason why you wouldn't like this film I really can't
2: Any, Look, I, I, have a, <laughs> I have a thing about I have a thing. when I, I see certain trailers and I see a particular thing in the trailer and I think you know what I'm going to like this film in Man of Steel it was the bit where Russell Crowe gives his speech and he sort of says, oh, you know, they will stumble. They will. This is my Russell Crowd impression, by the way. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will accomplish wonders. And then he flies off. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to see that film. <laughs> that's it. I'm going to love that film. I don't care what, any, what anyone says. I'm going to love the film. And with this one, it was a bit where I won't say the guy's name. I'll just start doing his speech. At the end of our hope at the end of our time we have chosen to stand together or whatever he said we will face the monsters at our door we are canceling the apocalypse that oh, that no. that bit canceling the apocalypse line from odysseo but i thought i'm done that's it oh. um i need to see that film
1: he is amazing in It's this he like, it gives a couple of speeches like oh, yeah. like that but like that one is oh, the way he delivers that line is just perfect it's like even I wanted to be like fucking suit me up I'm getting in there <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I've re- I read an interview of him and he said that when he read the script he saw that line and he said to the director, and he said, to, to that that's the line, that's the line." And the, the guy said, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, "Right." And he knew he was saying. We well, knew when he had when he delivered it, he was going to have to really give it some because he knew that was that was going to be the line that people would remember. It gave me a real the whole sort of vibe of the trailer, and I don't know. I've not seen the film. It kind of reminded me, and I love this film. It kind of reminded me of Independence Day.
1: Uh, I can see where you're coming from, but it's better. It's just oh, so much better. <laughs> I don't mind um, Independence Day. I'm not a, a huge Will Smith fan though, so you yeah, know, there's that. Um, sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm just gonna say World World West at you, mate.
2: <laughs> Talking about.
1: That it's, film is nonsense. <laughs> it's
2: a great film. It's, it's amazing work of cinematography and special effects and, hey. and acting and Kenneth Banner won an Oscar for that as well.
1: Oh fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but his amazing portrayal as the villain
1: yeah
2: Oh okay. dear. all right no no fair point touche yeah.
1: you know speaking of cinematography and you know stuff that was actually good pacific rim man i tell you what the, the one thing that i was worried about was that because i love guillermo del toro i thought like this film's going to be topped but i was slightly concerned that it might be a bit too dark but it's right. not it's it's just it totally is perfect the monsters look amazing. And one of the things that I loved about it, because one of my biggest bugbears with films like Transformers is the worst for me, is where it boasts, like, oh, these robots are fighting stuff, and you think, yeah, and then it's all, like, behind a building and you can't see anything. And it's like, oh, these robots might be having, I could be having sex. For all, I can tell. I don't know. <laughs> What's going on back there, guys? You know, fucking, I think it was in... Uh, Transformers 2 where they have a fight at like sort of ancient ruins and it all takes place behind the ruins and you can barely see anything and I'm like don't hype me up for a robot fight and then hide half of it from me. Well, I think
2: the, the problem is is that a lot of the Transformers stuff and it's my bug we have a lot of sort of fights in films these days it's, it's so many camera angles that are like bang bang change change quick 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 so many quick cuts that you actually don't see anything. Yeah. And it's one of the things I kind of thought when I saw the first trailer for Pacific Rim, that the moment, the, everything seemed to move slower, much slower. Like The robots seemed to move much slower,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which I quite liked. So I could take my time and watch him smack him with a freighter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was, you know. Oh, it's
1: so good. It's so good. And uh, just to like anybody who hasn't seen it yet, there's a fucking bit after the credits that I missed. So, you know, look out for that, yeah? <laughs> cool. I'm sad that I missed that because it was kind of cool as well when I found out what it was. Anyway, I'm gonna stop talking about it now before I start actually spoiling like massive bits because it's just that. Ah, mm, yeah, go on, Bea, your turn.
2: Right, my turn. Wow. <laughs> so well, mine's gone completely black, and I don't know why. Came I don't... well prepared. Gee. I, I, well, no, I... Look, I
1: know this isn't your show, but that doesn't mean I don't expect a certain degree
2: of. I asked you. Um, I said to you. What do I need? You said just send me send me an MP3 for the show. That's it, right? <laughs> right. I thought. Well, then I don't need to worry, then, do I? Okay. Now I do. I'll, I'll do a comic. Then yeah. I found this year that um, I was talking to Lee Grice about this. Actually, that at the moment there's been a real resurgence of like pulp in in uh, in comics like Pulp Adventure and that sort of stuff. And it's just, it's like every time I turn around, there's a different pop comic coming out. And um, one of the ones that I've been reading, and I can't actually remember who it's by, but it's it—it's by it's coming from Image Comics. It's Five Ghosts. Okay. And it's just, it's amazing. And basically, it's about this uh, guy. It sounds really bad because I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a treasure hunter. And what happened is this particular case that he was working, he'd found this sort of amulet and he was with his sister, something goes wrong. I don't want to spoil it, but effectively, he kind of gets possessed by these kind of spirits. And when I say possessed, it's almost a little bit like a symbiotic relationship in that he can kind of call them up and use their powers. Oh. Um, and what's really clever about it is even though they don't say them by name, they are effectively, I'm trying to remember them all now, well, definitely one of them is Sherlock Holmes, one of them is Dracula, one of them is Merlin, coming with two now, one's a samurai. I can't remember who the, other guy, who the other ghost is. But they're called things like... Oh, no, that one's Robin Hood. That's it. Ah. But in the comic, they're like the archer, the detective, you know, the samurai, you know, the, the the vampire or whatever. But you kind of know. You know who they... Do you know what I mean? You kind of know who they really are. And it's brilliant. It's, it's just a kick-ass adventure sort of set in the kind of 30s and whatever. And it's all about him basically trying to lift this sort of curse off him. Um, because it does have a bit... I mean, to me, I think it's fucking cool. I don't quite know where you want to lift it off you. But it, it, it does kind of get explained why he's trying to do what he's trying to do. And obviously there are nefer- nefarious wor- forces at work trying to stop him. Oh. Um, and it's... I've, ju- I've just heard, actually, this week that they're going to make an ongoing series, which I'm in two minds about, and I'll say why. But this sort of first run is of five issues. And... I'm on issue four at the moment, so there's one more to go. And I would thoroughly recommend people pick it up. So it is a great read. So it's five ghosts from Image Comics.
1: I Um, refer Image at the moment.
2: Oh, they just can't... They just... They can't do any wrong at the moment. It's just fantastic. The downside is there's just too much choice. Literally everything they put out, you want to read. Mm. But, yeah, the thing I was going to say, I mean, they've made it ongoing, which on one hand is great because I do... um, I do love the comic, but I'm very much more geared towards limited runs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I like stories with a beginning, middle and ending, you know, and I know they've, this has got a particular arc and it will come to an end and they'll start another story. But I don't know, there's something about just having that, just that one story that I could just read, that's done. I really enjoyed that, move on to the next one, rather than kind of just this kind of ongoingness yeah. of it all. I'm saying that I've gone back to... Um, batman oh okay the have you read any of the new stuff which is by scott snyder i
1: have
2: yes loads of people were telling me i needed to sort of give it a go and i was like well, i don't know because it's you know it's continuity and it's dc and it's just gonna confuse me i'm not saying marvel you're exactly the fucking same um <laughs> but a load of people said to me no no they've restarted it it's actually it's pretty much continuity free in a lot of ways it's really good and I started it from, obviously, issue one, which is the Night of the Owls sort of story arc. And uh, that's, how, that's how you do Batman. That's, just, that's how you do it. It's, I get it. World's greatest detective, yep, get it. Badass ninja sort of dude, yep, get that. You know, and it's just been brilliant. The Night of the Owls arc was brilliant. The Joker arc was like a horror story. I don't know if you've read that one yet.
1: Is that the one where he takes his own face off? mm yeah,
2: Ooh, dark. <laughs> I remember I remember reading one, and the Joker, I, oh, I don't care what anyone says, Joker always oh, just finds it just a bit silly. No matter how they try and, apart from the Dark Knight film, no matter how much they try and dress him up for me, I, it just doesn't really do it for me in the way. A couple of comics have made him a bit scary, but this one, that arc, just messed up to a ninth degree. You just mm-hmm. did not want to meet that guy down a dark alleyway unless you had a gun or a chair or something, I don't know. <laughs> um... I did have a bit of a rant about one issue because it went proper continuity mad on me and I was really, really annoyed and I nearly dropped it and I'm glad that I didn't because they've just started a new arc which is called um, Year Zero or Zero Year or whatever it is.
1: Oh, yeah, I've just started reading that and I got really confused by it. So I don't know if I've accidentally missed an issue somewhere or if I'm supposed to be confused.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, if you're confused, I'm kind of a bit confused with you. Uh, I mean, I'm not quite sure why it's gone to sort of, why well, it's telling an origin story, but I'm not really, but I'm kind of enjoying it so much that I'm kind of going with it. Yeah.
1: I think but, that the biggest struggle I have is that I'm reading so many sort of bat family titles at the moment that I keep, like month by month, I keep forgetting which one's which storyline, and it takes me ages to get back into the one that I'm currently looking right. at. I'm a bit, that. I mean, that's my fault, that's not a fault of the, well, it is a little bit the fault of DC because it's yeah. putting out so many fucking back titles for shit's yeah.
2: sake. I mean, I would love to pick up the other ones, but I, like I say, because there's no end to it, if you get what I mean, mm-hmm. that I know once I commit myself, then, that's, then I'm committed. I can't just kind of dip in and out of it. See, um, I'm
1: having this problem at the moment with both Fables and The Unwritten, in the sense that they both started off with like these such massive, awesome premises. Mm-hmm. And then they got to the point where those things were resolved, and now it feels like they're just like treading water to yeah. figure out what to. Do. And the same with the Walking Dead. Actually, I think like after um after like the Governor, they're trying now to bring some other bloke in who's like almost like they're trying to make him like the Governor Part Two. Like, hey, here's this guy, and he's even worse. But I mean, the Governor was the fucking Governor. I mean, he did shit in those books that was just like made you feel a little bit ill to read. This guy in a patch on that guy, like you just you can't do it again, and it's like, where do you go from here? Like you know, you can't just keep having to meet someone who's a dick every (laughs) every thirty issues and go, oh fucking, we're gonna have to kill him then. God, it wasn't the zombies we had to worry about all along, and I'm just like, but I'm so invested now in fables and unwritten
2: and the walking dead and i don't want to just drop it drop it yeah and that's the the problem isn't it because the minute you drop it it's like oh no you've got to get back on because this is the arc. do you you know what i mean yeah exactly you know and it's kind of like one of my favorite maybe not everyone's but one, one of my favorite comics of all time which effectively got me back into comics as a sort of adult was planetary by warren ellis but and even now it's still one of my favourite I've got it in abs- I've got two volumes of it as absolute and I still sort of read it every so often but what I loved about what I love about that is that's it it's two volumes 26 job. issues or 27 issues that's it job done job done <laughs> and I, I love that whereas it, they could have carried it on for like another 200 issues and don't get me wrong could have been amazing but at some point I would have lost interest in it because that's just the way I am you know because you can only tell you know certain stories with certain characters so many times where you kind of have to kind of go back again, which is why we've kind of got Batman year you know zero year or whatever it's called, and I'm sure and it is it has been really good, and I'm really enjoying the little backstories where you're sort of seeing him doing his training, which is that thing I've always wanted to see, but it is still an element of going backwards to go forwards,
1: yeah. I am. I'm just really struggling with DC at the moment because so many of their books are just so like up and down, and it's like every time I think no, I'm definitely dropping this, I'll pick up one more issue, and I'm like, oh, I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this to me? But like, um, I'm gonna have a big uh, comic clearance and something can save some money. And I think my biggest problem was when they did this whole like new 52 reset business they were like yeah it's all going to be like continuity free and it's you know we're not going to do all these mad crossovers and all these big events well what's one of the first fucking things they did with batman was this night of the owls stuff that was in every bat comic so it's like oh well you know you're missing out on bits over here in batgirl and bits over here in batman and robin and bits over here in this and it's like oh well four bags You didn't last very long with that did I mean, to be fair
2: to them though, I mean I only read Night of the Owl through that Batman because I wasn't picking up any other Bat Titles. That was my thing. I've got that one title, that's it. And I thought that handled it really well. I was I was kind of aware that there was probably other stuff going on in other titles, but it gave me it gave me the main story. It gave me what I needed. And and a lot of the other events in the past have got that wrong. They've literally I almost had a scene when I'm like, I have no idea how they got out of that. Where's that guy come from? I've got no, and it's kind of vital to the story, you know. And then they did that in a couple of issues later because I, I don't want to spoil it for you now. But someone has kind of died. Do you know
1: that? I do. Yes. Yeah. Do you
2: know who it is?
1: Well, it could be one or two people. I'm thinking. What well, you see the knight or Robin? Which one are you talking about? <laughs>
2: I'm talking about. I'm talking about Robin.
1: Okay. Cool.
2: You knew that then?
1: Yeah.
2: Right. I had no idea.
1: Uh, well, do you know what? Right. I read the issue in which he died and I missed the bit that he died in and I had to go back and read it again because it's... I missed I missed that panel entirely. <laughs> he dies in Batman, Batman Incorporated. No, Batman Incorporated, yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, I'm just reading the Batman title and literally it got to the end of the Joker arc and I thought that was, that was really good bit harrowing. The next issue, Batman's all kind of messed up and stuff and I'm like, and everyone's sort of saying to me, oh, you know, you got to go, you know, it's, I know it's going to be hard, but, you know, you've got to move on. And I'm thinking, what have I missed? <laughs> move on from what? <laughs> you know, and then the next issue, it had Superman in there. And that's when I thought, now something bad's gone on because Superman never turns up with him unless someone's died or whatever. And I had to go online in the end. And they said, oh, yeah, Robin's died. Oh, right. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Maybe you could have told me that in the main Batman title. That's just me. I don't know.
1: What I find really odd is that there's still a Batman and Robin title, but Robin's not there.
2: <laughs> Batman, that's, question mark.
1: That's, that, yeah, that's just Batman no, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Couldn't just drop <laughs> yeah. you know, it out. Just, just let it go. Like, what I find really odd about DC is like, they do put, and I understand that they probably bring in a lot more money, but I just find it really odd that they pour so much money into Batman and they're like. there's about six Green Lantern titles, but then they drop stuff like Sword of Sorcery, which I thought was really good. And there's something else that they're cancelling that I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But, you know, they're, they're like dropping some legitimately good titles because it's like, now nah, we've got to keep the ten Batman ones we've got going on.
2: I just think, how good it would it be if you literally had one Batman title? <laughs> that just, would never happen. <laughs> back in the day, it did. Do you know what I mean? Just, just, just one Batman title. I think it would be great. On Superman title, you know, and just... And then... You know, you could, it'd be a bit easier to follow the continuity yes. for, for a start. Yeah, what but... I
1: would like to see is, like, he's like two of each, and one would be not just specifically for adults. Like, it doesn't necessarily need to be full of swearing and boobs and sex mm. and murders. But, like, one that you could give to a 12-year-old and not be worried that they're, they're going to see, you know, the Joker rip his own face off.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know what I mean? Because like, there's yeah. so few comics out there that are for... Like, that you could give to younger people and be like, hey, get into comics, small child. Yeah. They're just there crying, going, oh, he's got no face. you know, like,
2: The problem is, is I mean, those comics are out there, but they're in the indie circle. And unfortunately, in the mainstream, everyone just thinks it's only DC and Marvel.
1: Yeah. I suppose it's just because you, like, as, like, if I had a kid. You'd want to be weird. able to give them
2: a Batman comic. But
1: yeah, exactly. I want to be, be like, like. Yeah. hey, kid. Hey, kid. Yeah. This, is like, this is Superman and this is... Uh, you know, Wonder Woman and this is the you know, and not having me be so totally bamboozled than what's happening or completely distraught because something terrible has happened. Yeah,
2: right. you, kind of, you kind of almost want standalone, not even continuity stuff just standalone Batman Wonder Woman Superman stories and other character stories which are you know, age sort of appropriate. I still sort of think, I don't probably going to get shot down for this now but especially with the sort of trades and the kind of graphic novels that they kind of do a similar thing to what you do with DVDs where you on the back of it, you've got your age rating, but it tells you what's in it. If you get what I mean.
1: Oh yeah. Like when it says moderate violence, moderate
2: violence and because mainly because especially for the kids, a lot of them, it's going to be their parents picking it up. Mm-hmm. So if you've got that on the back, and, you know, mum or dad picks it up. They don't even need to necessarily know about the character or, or any of that sort They can look at the back and go, okay this he's got TNA in it and, you know, a bit of violence. Oh, OK, can't get that one because he's he's eight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that sort of stuff. And then they can get the appropriate comic or, or have a rating on it. So you kind of... OK, this is a PG comic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't know why they don't do it. And I think unless they start doing it... I'm not one of these sort of comics who's dying... I, but I just think it's just a shame because, you know, people, younger people aren't getting the chance, the same chance that we got to kind of enjoy it. Because when I was a kid, you didn't, I didn't have to worry about that apart from 2000 AD, which, you know, mm-hmm. was, was quite dodgy when I was a kid anyway. But it was always that kind of comic. But you could pick up a Batman and a Superman and whatever. You didn't need to worry about. What what you were gonna see or anything like that. Whereas nowadays you 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 really don't know what you're gonna get.
1: Yeah, you definitely couldn't have given that Joker arc to say like a, no. an eleven year old and be like, here's Batman, enjoy. <laughs>
2: oh no, me Jesus, just, one Darky of those.
1: <laughs> one of those
2: issues was I think was all in it was almost all in dark all in darkness with just a Joker talking. And I read that at night on my, on my iPad. I had to sort of put my iPad face down and went to bed because I didn't trust it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh dear, that
1: was a mistake.
2: Mm. Right, um, I am running out of time.
1: Okay, <laughs> I, uh, okay, I can talk quite quickly about this one comic I was going to mention. Actually, two comics I was going to mention because the one I don't want to spoil because it's new, and the other one I've only read three issues of the 6 issue run, so you know. <laughs> um, yeah. The first one was t- taking the image again. Um, I read a comic called Ghosted, mm-hmm. which it, the basic premise of it is that there are uh, a bloke has been busted out of prison. By this like super rich collector type guy and uh, what this collector type guy once said a busted out of prison guy to do is uh, go to a haunted house and catch a ghost for his collection. Yes please thank you very much. And um, it's like the first issue is all set up it's just him sort of choosing the team that he's going to take into this house and you know figuring out exactly what we're going to do so he gets this like sort of crew together of like specialist occult people and like tip-top thieves and that and it's all it's it's you know it's fairly run-of-the-mill the last three words in that comic fucking turn it right on top of its head and just totally kicked it up a notch and i was like oh when's issue two eh? so i'm quite excited for that now fingers crossed that issue two will be, will be good And um, i don't know if it's like a, an ongoing or just a short run or anything because i wasn't paying enough attention to the cover <laughs> which i probably should Yes, so that's really good. Check that out. And also, I started reading Why the Last Man, uh, because, you know, I like to be on the pulse of uh, modern comics. And (laughs) I mean, it only started in 2002, so I'm not that far behind, right? Um, 11 years? I think everybody who knows of comics knows what this is. It is about uh, some sort of event occurs in the world, and all the men, but one, die animals included as well, or any male of any species, just pops its clocks. And um, the whole thing is just sort of the aftermath of that, how the women deal with basically getting their shit together and continuing the species, and how this guy deals with being, like, the last guy. Um right. So far, I'm only three issues in, so like very little except everybody dying um, has happened. <laughs> you know, except for that minor thing of half the population just... <laughs> yeah, it's gone to um, shit. <laughs> but it is really good so far. It's like it's Brian K. Vaughan, so of course it's going to be a fairly high standard of comic because he's pretty tops. But yeah, loving it so far. Like, it's just a really interesting idea because it, it, like, it really appeals to the sort of semi sociologist in me in the sense of, like, ooh, how would you deal with a situation where, you know, this part of the population just isn't there anymore? Like, what do you do and, you know, who takes over what and how do you go about thinking about procreating and all that sort of business? I'm very excited to continue reading that. And I've only got like 57 issues to go, so.
2: I know. I mean, I've I just I got it on my. Um, I got it in comicsology because I think they were doing a bit of a sale, and the and the first issue was was free anyway. And I, I don't know. I may have read a few more issues than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, I mean, I, I was I was really enjoying it. I thought the story was really good. Art was really good. Some of the ideas that it kind of. Was tackling with some of the issues more than anything. It was tackling with I thought was really well done, and I I get the feeling that we've only just hit the tip of the iceberg with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do keep thinking it is sometimes a bit of a a bit of a mountain when you when when something actually has an, uh, an end date, as it were. Uh, you know, you know how many you know basically you know how many comics you've got to get through to get to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my head, it's up right. I need fifty to go. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs>
1: That sounds like a lot of comics all of a sudden. Huh?
2: Yeah, do you know I me, mean? But it's probably not once you get going, because it is a very kind of Moorish comic. You do kind of read one and you really want to go straight on to the next one.
1: Yeah, I um, I only really stopped reading it the other day because I needed to go to bed. So, right. You know, but I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, what like two other things I wanted to mention like really quickly, because I know that you are needing to sod off in a bit. Have you bought and or played the Deadpool video game at all?
2: No, this was another one that came completely out. I didn't even know they were doing a Deadpool game until someone said to me, have you played the Deadpool game? And I was like, have they?
1: We fucking pre-ordered that shit. We had it on lock.
2: (laughs) Well, I know know you're a fan anyway, so... um,
1: Like I'm not like in terms of like video game because I haven't played it myself because I am shit at video games. I will eventually, but even like I will be the girl who manages to kill Deadpool instantly. Like that will be me. Um. So I've been watching Rich play it, and it is video game wise in terms of the actual gameplay. It's it's quite repetitive in the sense that it is mostly just oh here you are kill all these people to get to the next bit to kill all these people to get to the boss. and and then it's the next level but the thing is it's kind of awesome when the bosses are like fucking taskmaster and shit and you're like yeah boy and you're like (laughs) trying to rescue rogue and you know and ah some of the things because like the thing that i like the most about it is it's got like the tone of deadpool absolutely perfect so i know um daniel way had a had a hand in writing the script Mm for
0: um
1: and he's like He's my favourite Deadpool while anyway. I thought his entire run was just amazing. But what really helps is they got Nolan North to do the, um, the voice work. And he's just like, his delivery of the lines, like there are some absolutely cracking lines. And the good thing about it is, is there's not a lot of repetition. Because you know a lot of video games have like these stock like, five sentences that your character says like every time it turns a fucking corner. And you're like, you just said that guy. You just get a bit mad. This has, like, I don't I think the only time I've heard stuff be repeated is when Richard's managed to kill Deadpool and had to start a section oh, yeah. again. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, that's pretty badass. It is so funny. It is ridiculously funny. You get an achievement for slapping Wolverine in the face. <laughs> and, uh, like, repeatedly, you have to do it repeatedly. Um, and that's kind of hilarious. And there's just stupid things. Like, because it's Deadpool, you can get away with stuff. Like, at one point, he stops in the middle of what he's doing to blow up a bouncy castle and bounce inside it for a little bit because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you um and you can just pick up random shite like at one point he gets his hands on a rocket launcher and he's just running around like i've got a rocket launcher like, <laughs> yeah you totally have dude to. you totally have it's amazing and i think anybody who's a fan of games and funny stuff should just be playing it now and <laughs> um, it's kind of yeah you should just
2: well, I've got a few games on the go, but I I'll I'll will stick that on me. I would rent old rental key. Jeez. Quickly, actually, before I go, you speaking of Wolverine. It's a nice segue. Have you seen Wolverine the Musical yet?
1: <laughs> well, I watched it as soon as I got home oh, because oh. when you sent me that link, I was like, I need to know what this is. <laughs> I'm glad I know what this is. <laughs> it's,
2: it it is. In all my years of net surfing and finding things to put online or whatever that that was probably my zenith Uh, it's just it's just awesome it's just it is
1: amazing
2: oi bob i'm the wolverine
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so good so good like it helps if you like musicals as well um yeah which i do
2: so i did I did spot most of the musicals which probably says more about me than anything um
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what though the uh, the puppets in it are amazing as well uh, a want, lot of effort went into that
2: yeah i I want the Wolverine and I want a Hulk puppet that's what I've decided now that
1: hulk puppet is brilliant
2: he's dancing at the back <laughs> it's just <crazy>. great. <laughs>
1: It's so good. Have you ever seen them talking about random, like ridiculous things on the internet? Have you ever been on um, YouTube and seen Superpower Beat Beatdown? Yes. Oh, I, I caught my first one of that because like the day that the Deadpool video game came out. Um... It's
2: a Deadpool Batman one, isn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like a friend of mine was like, if you haven't seen this, put this in your eyes. I was watching this on the bus on the way home from work because I was so excited for Deadpool, and I was like, I've got to like watch it there. And I think everybody must have thought I was insane because I left the sound on, obviously, because you want to hear Deadpool <laughs> quipping. So, of course, like he's quipping away fighting Batman, and there's me pissing myself laughing, sitting in the, of the bus, but it's all crazy. But um, I've watched a couple of other ones since Oh, man, they're so good. Have you watched Actually,
2: uh, Batman and Wolverine one day?
1: No, I haven't seen that one yet. I've been trying to catch because there's quite a lot on there, isn't there? Yeah. The only thing I don't like is the fact that everybody always like because it's a voting thing, isn't it? You like they give you the pairing and then the viewers like vote who they would want to win the fight and then they film it and that really does my head in because everybody always fucking picks Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like guys, he would lose to someone eventually. <laughs> eventually.
2: All I will say is keep keep watching.
1: Uh, like is, oh, okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to watch the Batman and Wolverine one now. Aren't I? <laughs> I'm not.
2: I'm not gonna say a word.
1: Well, like my last bit is just gonna be the world's quickest review of the world's like greatest film. Okay. I, have you ever seen Miami Connection? No. It is an eighties sort of ninja-based karate-type film Ooh. that that is um. It's the cheesiest, most ridiculous piece of shit, brilliant film <laughs> that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it is, it is terrible in the sense of the, the plot makes no sense. The dialogue makes very little sense half the time. The bloke in it, who is the main sort of, uh, I think he's he's a he's a Korean guy and he's like the, one of the main blokes in it. He's actually like a grandmaster of karate or something ridiculous in real life. And he right. di- he directed the film and he fucks up nearly all of his lines but keeps it in. It's so fucking funny. It's like the stupidest like piece of crap, but it's you will have the most fun watching this film because it is just ridiculous. Like the the main protagonists in it are in like an eighties synth band. But they're singing songs like Against the Ninja! And you're like, oh my god, they're writing songs about fighting. I,
2: I've just looked it up. Mammy Connection, a martial arts rock band, goes up against a band of ninjas who have <laughs> tightened their grip on Florida's narcotics train. How did that not know about this
1: very It is so perfect. I knew I had to mention it when I knew you were coming on, because I thought if there's, <laughs> if there's a person I know who's going to fucking love the shit out of this movie, yeah. it's going to be me. You are like, Matt, just seriously, you can thank me later. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you can thank me later I mean like just uh, one of my favourite bits this isn't really going to spoil anything is where you find out that because for absolutely no reason this band are all a group of orphans right and this has no bearing on the plot (laughs) and then one of the guys finds his real dad and all the others are like mate I thought we were all orphans and again it still has nothing to do with the plot and this guy's crying I found my dad guys I found my dad and it's just oh crikey it is just nonsense, but it is, like, my favourite nonsense. <laughs> this is blatantly one of those films I'm going to watch every time I get drunk and we come home, and I go, I don't want to go to bed yet. Yeah. Let's watch my m- connection. And then we all watch it and get drunk and yeah. laugh. Mate. Oh, mate. I can't sing this film's praises crazy enough. But what's really funny, though, is that apparently the director was really pissed off about it for a really long time because he thought it was going to be, like, this proper 80s classic that was going to, like, be up there with, like, you know, all the... Um, Arnie movies and stuff like that like he thought it was really going to be everyone was going to fucking love it like it bombed when it first came out Aww. everyone was like what is this shit and it's oh, it's just like sort of got a cult following because of how terrible it is <laughs> oh mate Bless just put it in your eyeballs you won't regret it
2: <laughs> I'll put it on my list of things to watch
1: good times
2: right matey
1: and you're going to have to, to do tracks. it anyway on Skadoosh how rude
2: I know I am sorry if it helps if it helps the room, I mean, it is like an oven, so I have probably, like, I don't know, sweat in a small country or something.
1: Do you know, like, I am sitting on my bed at the moment with the window open so wide it did make a whore blush, and I'm still hotter than the fucking yeah. sun. Sort of, I hate this weather. I'm one of those people who, like, everybody keeps at work having a go at me because I'm there complaining about the weather, but I'm like, you don't understand. I've got hay fever. I'm sweating like a pig. I stink. Bus journeys suck a dick in this weather. <laughs> Some massive, giant, abnormally sized dick. And it's just, ugh. Hey. And there's uh, 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 the number of spiders that have crept into our heads because we've got like basically every window and door open that it's possible to have open. It's like, oh, hello, random bugs. What the shit you doing in my kitchen? Hey. Oh,
2: no, it's not good.
1: I am that guy. Me too. <laughs> Oh, wow, well, it was lovely to have you on the show. Do you want to um, plug anything before we... Nah, just uh,
2: swing by Geek Syndicate if you want to, like, you know, check out the site, geeksyndicate.co.uk and the Fallen Hero stuff you can find at unseenshadows.com. Here we go. Drop S- down.
1: Sweet as pie. Well, that was episode 18. Uh, if you'd like to come on the show or if you'd like to get in touch with me to, I don't know, give me some free comics, you <laughs> can... You can drop me an email at Parlour at or come and uh, pester me on Twitter. I am on there as StaceBobT. I'm also on Instagram as StaceBobT, but I tend to be mostly posting pictures uh, of my own face or my dinner. So <laughs> if you're interested in seeing my face or some food, then come along and follow me there as <laughs> Okay. Um, thank you for coming on the show, Bill.
2: Thank you for having me on the show, Stace. It was good. I enjoyed that.
1: It was delightful. It was like old times.
2: Yeah. I'll have to come on again when I've got more time and more booze. Take care, Stace.
1: Smell you later. See you later. Bye. Oh, yeah.
0: Really the way your boobie be breathing Makes me wanna scream and shout Yeah, yeah, yeah Damn girl, you rockin' that thing or just watching it swang Maybe a mistake But now she just owning it I could carumba titty Girl you mad groaning it I like to think You were looking in the mirror Said to yourself Something's not right here Time to shake things up So you shook one out Your hair wasn't working So you took one out A titty You're rocking one solo titty And that's your ride with one sassy titty, all oh, damn night She got legs, and she knows how to use them. Also em. got one titty out style, so confusing uh, Proven she knows how to get attention One laid back titty with no pretension A strong choice, or just a mistake? A strong choice, or just a mistake? Is fashion really what she's all about? Intentional, or does she even know a out? Squirrel, you're the center of attention Why's it always gotta be the ladies taking things out? Mm, what you have in mind? <laughs> Something like this, Groove. Boy, you got the look, you got the look. Rollin' up in the par with one ball out. Oh.